0: It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. It's North Sound
1: 1's Red Friday.
2: With the Scottish Premiership on its winter break, there's no Red Friday on the radio this week, but we've still found a way to talk about the Dons. I'm Alan Davidson, and joining me is Phil MacDonald, and together in this first of two special episodes of the Red Friday podcast, we'll take a look back at the Dons' highs and lows from 2017. This is is the Red Friday 2017 Recap.
3: Adam Rooney, great chance, goal! Oh! goal the, Dons. the
1: Dons! are in the Scottish Cup final. Chilly driving forward is scoring. It comes Owey, <laughs> G- G- and scoring! It's in Adam Rooney!
4: Can we understand Derek McInnes is staying with Aberdeen rather than leaving to become Rangers' new manager? Oh, what a
2: goal! I think that's my favourite goal from Aberdeen.
0: Aberdeen 7, Motherwell 2. <laughs>
2: We start our recap at the same point we are last season. Just heading into the winter break after a 1-0 win away to Hearts to leave the Dons one point behind Rangers in third place, Phil.
5: Yeah, I think... uh we are uh, we're similar to where we are at this point last season i think if you look at the table we're pretty much uh, exactly in the same place however we are actually better off uh, than we were last season which i'm quite surprised about really
2: yeah i think the the perception's been that we've been quite slow to start this year and yeah, i think it's it's credit to certainly Derek and tony and the way they've managed a huge turnover in players mm-hmm. that we're actually slightly better off this season than we were Last year,
5: yeah, that's it. I think um, it's a credit to the way that Derek's managed the club, and I think it's the best way for him to silence any doubters that are out there, which is that we've lost half the spine of our team that we had last season, and we've still managed to improve, and we're still ahead of Rangers in the table, and realistically not that far off Celtic, particularly with the, you know the hype that they got ahead of the campaign. So I think there's reason to be optimistic in 2018. Definitely. Well, so like I say, we start a recap back in January this year.
2: We're there were new deals for Graham Shinney and Scott Wright. Ryan Christie joined the Dons on loan. We rejected a Cardiff bid for Johnny Hayes, and the run to the Scottish Cup final started with a 4-0 home win against Dunra. Then looking for
0: Hayes, that's a good Hayes down to Rooney. Rooney with a the shot. There's the goal. Adam Rooney with his 12th goal of the season. Rooney and then McLean now, now McGinn. McGinn tries a shot. That's number two. A, a thoroughly professional performance to see us through the next round? Yeah, I think professional is the right
2: word. You know, I th- we, we stressed what was required today was you know, to, uh, to get real enthusiasm, good energy about us, move the game quickly for us, keep the tempo in the game, quick free kicks, quick throw-ins and you could have had some rustiness there and I think there was wee signs of it early on when we were finishing and, and once or twice towards the end but by and large a good day's work. This is Red Friday's 2017 recap, and Phil, we just heard there. What a way to come back from that winter break. Like Derek said, there could have been rustiness coming back. But that winter break, we just seemed to kick on from
5: that last year. Yeah, it got off to a great start, obviously, with the new deals for uh, Scott Wright and Graham Shinney, and obviously Ryan Christie joining. I must confess, when I was watching the Stranar game, I did have a good feeling, actually, about the way that we were going to do in the Scottish Cup, and I know how we'll touch on that later on. But we were very comfortable. You know, I think the winter break in Dubai particularly helped. You know, the chance to use some top-class facilities certainly showed. Uh, Everyone came back looking fresh and as you say we did hit the ground running
2: yeah and I get, just with the news coming in in the last week or so that Niall McGinn has come back you heard in that clip there I think Niall was man of the match probably that day he, oh, was, yeah. he was superb in that game against Stranrar and I think actually he Am I right in saying that he didn't start last season, first half of last season, he wasn't particularly good anyway. So I don't know how much we might have missed him (laughs) if he comes back in the
5: same form he did from Dubai last year when he was phenomenal for that second half of the season. Yeah, and he hasn't really played very much. Obviously, you know, leaving to go abroad, I know he he picked up an injury. So, you know, the next month is crucial for him, really. And I think with Niall coming back, if we touch back on Scott Wright, I think this is a perfect chance. I think he's got to go out on loan. Yeah, I think he's got to go definitely. to a Premiership club, maybe a move like Dundee, you know, a, a struggling a, club a, a Dundee, a St Johnston. I was just thinking the same Where he can thrive and I know it's a risky one because, you know, as as we know, he can deliver but we have options in that side of things, you know the position almost has been filled a bit, we've got now again back, we've got Greg Stewart who I don't know if his loan will be re- uh, renewed or if we'll take him on in summer, I think he needs to improve a bit more to merit a place uh, and I say that with love because I'm a fan of Stuart, I think he is a good player but I haven't seen enough of him so far no, I think to he- merit bringing him back in the summer
2: He does seem to be coming on to a game now. He looked totally unfit when he arrived, to be honest. He looked... I was going to say a a shadow of the player at Dundee, but he looked like he'd eaten the player that was at Dundee.
5: (laughs) Well, we talked... I mean, in January, you know, there was a lot of focus on Johnny Hayes and he was a huge, huge player for Aberdeen and, you know, still is a big miss as as much as we would hate to admit it. So, you know, we needed a replacement who was going to be similar to that type. And we have one, I think, in GMS, but I think we were expecting more from the pair of them. Um, And ultimately, I think... There is cause to be optimistic Because we have seen What both Cape players are capable of But we need to see more of it Definitely Well that takes us nicely Into February Phil Yes and February started With a thrashing of Motherwell In a rearranged fixture which In a game which is
3: memorable For more than one reason It comes to Johnny Hayes Drives in the shot plays yeah. the back of the net And after only a minute and 50 seconds Aberdeen take the lead
0: Interium again Into the It's a good one as well Considine yes. Yes. Oh Andy Considine celebrates his new contract with goal number two try and get rid of the ball which he doesn't McLean and Rooney oh disaster for the Motherwell defence and Adam Rooney comes in to score his 14th goal of the season I think
2: Ryan Christie's goal against Motherwell last year was probably my favourite um, but outside he's boot in the top corner I think that's my favourite goal McLean for Motherwell.
0: inside now to Considine Considine touch to Christie oh Christie just dinks the ball from the edge of the area over Craig Sampson into the net. I'd love to see that
3: again and love to say it was a shot. Penalty to the dons. Adam Rooney step forward, right foot, sticks it into the bottom left-hand corner, and Adam Rooney makes it. Aberdeen five. Motherwell well nil. Where it comes from Nomagan. It's bouncing oh. about and it's in.
0: It. Adam Rooney with his hat trick. Hayes goes through the Mullul defence like a knife through Still, then plays it into Peter Pollitt. Yes! yes! And through the legs of Craig Sampson, Aberdeen 7, Motherwell 2.
5: Yeah, well, what a night that was. Still- uh, yeah, as I say, for more than one reason. I don't think it was included in there. But uh, could my season highlight be watching McGee get sent to the stands?
2: I think that was. That was the. Uh, It became one of the kind of iconic images from 2017. Yeah. Was, get that tea... And, and the then the, vi- cam- yeah. the camera cutting just to the right Aye,
5: point. the video of him getting <laughs> huckled off was easily one of the best things I saw and uh yeah it's just one of those perfect timing moments really. But uh yeah, oh that game was brilliant. Yeah, that I mean that was the that was the rearranged game from the uh, floodlight failure at Potbury. Pitt- yeah. Audry. Lights um, out and then very much lights on. I, th- I mean, you know there was so, a lot of lot to be positive about in that game and Ryan Christie's goal. Oh, wow. Christie like that was that was when Christie really I think announced
2: himself to the Don's faithful. It was phenomenal. Despite Graham Shinney claiming he he joined the guys on Red TV that night, and you heard in the clip there, I think he claimed it was a cross. Yeah, I miss I missed hit cross. I think the guys were quick to set him.
5: Straight. I did like actually. There was a, uh, the story going around after that game was that uh, McInnes went up and told Shinney "You're always doing Red TV. If that's how we play without you," <laughs> which was great. But um, really? no, I, th- I think you know that the performance was. I think it was one of the best seasons And Motherwell shouldn't have got two goals
2: no it was, it was two really strange goals that seemed to come from nothing yeah um, just poor night.
5: defending which was a, a big shame because everyone was bang at it that night and I think I remember it was Ash Taylor shot from about 30 yards I think that's when you knew that we were playing with confidence but uh, you know I think it was a lot of standout performers and like say Ryan Christie who needed to prove himself after unfortunately getting outed with uh, that tweet
3: that that
5: tweet <laughs> that tweet which yeah. we won't repeat for, uh, for reasons but oh. uh, but no I think uh, Ryan Christie He's just gone from strength to strength after that and we'll touch him and probably throughout the podcast and into the next one because I, I, he's been one of my highlights of the season certainly yeah. watching him thrive and he's such an exciting player to watch
2: Yeah, definitely. and obviously a goal that night for uh, Andy Constein who just signed a new deal along with Johnny Hayes after the uh, the interest from Cardiff in, in the January Hayes went and
5: signed a new deal I, yeah uh, I think we were surprised to see Hayes Essentially, turn down Cardiff or the club turned down Cardiff. But for Hayes to then go on and sign a new deal was a huge statement of intent from both the club and the player because I think, you know, the money that's going on down in England nowadays, I think it's just ridiculous. It's it's, it's It's ridiculous. Even in the championship, they can offer wages, you know, six, seven times higher than what we can offer, which is unfortunate and it means players will move on down there. But you know, I even though he doesn't play anymore, I still have a big place there's a big place in my heart for Johnny Hayes still.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think we were all uh sad to see the the, the horrible injury he picked up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that uh, was really down, unfortunate. Down, down he, at
5: Dundee. He's a model pro, you know, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He did a lot for the club on and off the park and yeah. we wish him well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, just to round off February, the Scottish Cup run continued with a one nil win against Ross County. McLean cuts inside, gets his ball into lefty, gets oh. all the region.
0: Adam Rooney flicks the ball into the net. Aberdeen one.
2: Ross County nil. Yep. So the Scottish Cup run continued, and it was Adam Rooney from a
5: yard with his shin. <laughs> yeah, we say that a lot. A, a, a classic Adam Rooney. Yeah, he lives in the penalty box, as uh, as many say, and he's worth his weight in goals. Uh, there is this talk that, you know, sometimes, I think particularly this season, he hasn't delivered as many goals as, as we're used to. And I think, that, you know, that's a nice thing to say about Adam Rooney, you know, when he's still one of the top scorers for the season and, and we're still moaning, you know, it, yeah. it's, it shows... I mean, I think- You know what a player he is and how essential he is in the team, and I I don't, I don't agree with any of the criticism. To be honest, I think we've we've longed for years for a goal scorer, and we now have one. We shouldn't moan about it.
2: No, I think just back to we touched on Niall McGinn earlier. I think one of the most grateful people to see Niall back will be Adam because um, I think Adam was into double figures by this point last season, and he's he's not this year. Um, And I think that 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 that's down to like you say, Adam lives. In the penalty box, nicely in the six-yard box, really. Absolutely. And Greg Stewart wants to cut inside and shoot. Mm -hmm. GMS wants to take on his man and shoot.
5: Whereas Niall was quite happy beating his man down the line and whipping balls into the box for Adam all day long. That's it, and he was usually inch-perfect every time. And I'm interested to see how Niall and Stevie May play together, actually, because I think Stevie May has maybe been a bit frustrated with the lack of service he's got. He's proven that when he gets the ball into feet or into his chest, into his body, in the box that he can score goals and he hasn't scored as think as many as I would have expected him or many others would have expected him to score but you know we know he can hit the back of the net so I I would love to see Stevie make it on and I think Niall coming back as you say will do that Well March started with the news that Greg Tansey would be joining the Dons from Inverness on a pre-contract and it was another memorable night for the Dons this time at Dens Park here's Red Friday's Dave Galloway with more
4: Hi everyone this is Dave Galloway my highlights of 2017 well there were a few candidates like Derek McInnes turning down Sunderland and then Rangers and a late entry bid by Nam again of course returning home but I'm going to go for another hat trick hero and a most unlikely one too. Back in March Aberdeen wiped the floor with Dundee at Dens Park, hammering them 7 0 Now, you'd have expected one of the strikers or or forwards to have found the net three times in one game, but Andy Considine took centre stage that night. And to top it all off, the defender scored the first and last goals of the evening. It was a fitting early present for Consi the night before his 30th birthday. What a great servant he's been for the Dons, where he's been his whole career. And of course he had his testimonial match against FC 20, but he took his
3: hat-trick in his stride. Back of the net, and the goal scorer is Andy Considine. Sinead crosses it with the left foot, and the header comes in!
0: Oh, Andy Con- Considine, Considine again. again Ball over on the right hand side Over it comes from Christine header. Yes! Considine yes! with a Pops the ball in for his hat trick
1: um, I've scored a, a brace in a couple of games over, over my career so far But to get a hat trick um, you know, is, is something special And to have done it <clears throat> You know, and in front of a, you know, a packed away stand was was fantastic. The support here was incredible. It was a surreal night that night, wasn't it?
6: And the, the, the way the fans, every time Andy got the ball when he was on the hat-tricks, shoot, it didn't matter where he was in the park, there was the cry of shoot.
3: I know, I mean, and we were 4-0 up at half-time, if I remember rightly, in that game, and we discussed at half-time, you know, do we just, you know, go into cruise control for the second half and and not put any more pressure on Dundee? But no, I think Ryan Jack scored it two or three minutes into the second half, and then it was a case of let's see if Andy can get his hat-trick and I think it it was probably one of the most emotional moments for those of us who have known Andy for so long particularly scoring a hat-trick at Dens Park where of course he suffered a horrific leg break and uh, you know it was just a sign of the man how he's bounced back from so many setbacks in his career and it was just, as Dave said it was a wonderful early 30th birthday present for him (laughs)
2: You are listening to Red Friday's 2017 recap with Phil McDonald and me, Alan Davidson. And Phil, I mean, that was just it was some night. I remember we did the... Uh, we did Red Friday live from Dens that night. mm um, which meant actually I wasn't there I was in the studio pushing the buttons. <laughs> um, so I kind of finished finished the show here and rushed home and sat and watched it on TV just wishing I was there.
5: Oh uh, no, I was with uh, I was up in Orkney actually, um visiting family and I said I wasn't going to follow the game, I wasn't going to watch the game. Uh, I was fo- I managed to get it on Twitter. I got 1-0 2-0 uh, and then when it, the third went in I thought right job done. I'll I'll stop looking. But obviously me being me kept looking and then it hit 4 and 5 and then when Concy was on a hat trick uh, I no longer was hiding the fact I wanted to see the game and I was shouting like, I need to see the game. Get me the game on the telly. So they did fortunately. So I had a little iPad with me in the corner and uh, oh man, when the set when he got his goal, when he got his hatchery goal, I was I almost felt like I was tearing up. It was just like phenomenal because he's been such a good servant to the club and if you want anyone in the Potodio dressing room to have a moment like that, it is Andy Considine.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think it was the guys I think I remember from that show, they were all predicting one nil, two nil, close game. I think with the with the seven against Motherwell, motherwell had taken four and five the weeks be- previous mm-hmm. Dundee weren't Dund- Dundee weren't a team that were conceding lots of goals no um, we blew them out the water. we We went down there and i mean that's um i think possibly one of the best Aberdeen performances I've certainly ever seen.
5: Yeah, I think it's up up there as well. Obviously, uh, as I touched on, I didn't see the whole game, but looking back at the highlights, it was just wave after wave of attack and it was going in the right direction, you know, right in front of the away fans and what a following we took that night as well, you know, as we normally do, but it was just, it's one of these games that, I mean, like that, like 2017. One of these games that you just remember because we played so well and just everything went right.
2: Yeah, and I think, like I say, it was it was big Andy who just he deserves it. He just he's he's he been does. such a servant. And I mean, I would have loved to have seen the odds you'd have got for. for us. <laughs> but and, and I mean, I think the the move to left back, Andy's found at one point. I thought three or four years ago, I thought Andy Constein might be on his last contract. Mm-hmm. a, a cup when he was when he was at center back wasn't really in the team yeah um, and the, and the move to left back he just he gets better and better
5: there's he two there's there two sides to this i agree with you in a certain way because he clearly he's very competent at left back but and you know his attitude is spot on he will never complain about where he plays you can play him up front, you can play him in goal and he wouldn't complain but I just think every single time that we play I hate to use the phrase but the bigger teams Rangers or the Celtic, team, teams with a bit particularly more, Celtic a bit I think James Forrest in particular always has him on toast and I think that's where we're limited as a side but I'm more than willing to persevere with Andy because I think he does the best job and he is improving, he really is improving he's taken the role on and he's made it his own and I think he deserves every credit for that
2: yeah, it's like, I mean it, it's two very different styles I think Shea, Shea Logan is a fullback on the right side Andy Constein is a left back Andy's there to defend um, you, you won't see Andy getting forward which I don't think is always a, a bad thing because sometimes on the other side you could accuse Shay of kind of neglecting his defensive duties and he's, we've been caught a couple of times
5: when yeah. Shay's decided that he actually he's now playing right wing <laughs> I think we are uh, we are blessed with fullbacks who like to get forward, and it's been a big part of the success. I mean, you know, we were a high-scoring team last season. I, we're not quite yet there this season, but you know, I think a lot of the goals last season were down to the fact that we had. Players who were willing to get forward, and I think particularly Shea and Nile on the right hand side, they had a very good understanding, and I think, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that relationship and that partnership thrive again.
2: Yeah, well, speaking of players that we had that were uh, keen on going forward, we actually lost one of them in March last year, just after that Dundee game, when it was announced that uh, Peter Paul had signed a pre-contract with uh, MK Dons.
5: Yeah, I think the right time to go. I think it was it was clear that uh, that Peter was beginning to get to the age where he had to be playing week in week out, or he wanted to try something new. And I think MD, MK Dons is a good move. You know, Robbie Nielsen knew the Scottish game, knows the Scottish game, and I think I've not had a chance to follow much of what MK Dons are doing this season. But I think it, it was time for him to go. And he was a great servant to the, the Dons as well. You know, he came back from his loan at St Johnston and, and looked a totally rejuvenated player. And he gave us some great moments and a great song. Yes, um,
2: and we'll, we'll get on to great songs a bit later on in the show as well
5: Absolutely Also, there was another highlight for the Dons In that uh, Tony Doherty managed to get his very own Scotland call-up In a year where no Aberdeen players were getting Scotland call-ups And also, we made it to the next round of the Scottish Cup With a 1-0 win against Thistle
0: Again, midway inside the Thistle half goes one way Then the other plays it to left foot Shinnie. you will try the shot! Shirey with his left foot from the edge of the area for his second goal of the season and it makes it Aberdeen 1 Partick Thistle
2: 0 So the Scottish Cup run continuing against Partick in March took us into April and that day against Hibs at Hampden
1: oh, I need oxygen what a breathtaking game where do you start well Aberdeen 3 Hibs 2 is how it has finished Aberdeen are through to the Scottish Cup final next month against uh, one half of the old firm will find out Aberdeen's opponents tomorrow what a start to this game firstly for the Dons inside the first 15 seconds, one goal to the good Rooney
3: striding through the score with a very fine finish we're underway and immediately Aberdeen win the ball in the middle of the park and it's Shinny bundled over there by Bartley, no free kick but how is Adam Rooney, great chance goal! For the Dons 13 seconds of a lapse and Aberdeen have
1: scored play they become a bit scrappy but it was keenly contested with plenty tasty tackles the dons were certainly the better team at this stage magnificent goal by Christie from a free kick wide on the right in 25 minutes made it 2-0 it's a way to blow but the kick to be taken over it comes from
0: he tries to shot yes! there's a goal from right oh. christie oh. Free kick.
1: Goals do change games on 36 minutes. They pulled one back. Boyle with a cross from the right for Subholt to score with a close range header. It's past Kenny McLean. Still Martin Boyle into the middle. Header comes in. It's a goal for Hibbs. It's grab Holt. Like I say, goals certainly turn games on their heads, and, and Hibbs made a confident start to the second half. Hibbs though got an equalizer on the hour. slips
3: it back to McGee. McGee scores!
1: Hibs definitely on top at that stage. Aberdeen no, steadied themselves. There was a late twist to the tail on 85 minutes. Hayes
0: goes through two. Hibs in the deflection.
1: Yes.
5: Yeah.
1: Johnny Hayes! It's now Hibs two. Aberdeen three. The Dons are in the Scottish Cup final. It is finished here at the National Stadium. Aberdeen three, Hibs two. Aberdeen.
5: That was it. someday, day, Phil. Oh, I'm sweating, Bovril, Honestly, it was terrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not one for the uh, not one for the nerves. But a really memorable day in the end, and a wonderful away day.
2: Yeah, it was. It was one of those. Actually, it, when, when the second went in, I was thinking, oh, this could be because we'd already scored seven twice in the season. Yeah. Um, I thought, oh, this could this could be this could be a number. Well, and then it. the ga- the Hibs kind of killed the game, and then Hibs got the ball back, and then the other, and you're like, oh no. Just through years of following the Don's, you go. <laughs> yeah, this, this is how we do it. This is how, we, and it's never we never do it the easy way. Oh no, no. You know, the, easy, the easy
5: way would be too easy. It's not. It's not exciting enough if you two, do it the two, easy way. Two nil and kill the game would be the easy way. Yeah. Well, I was on air. I mean, Dave and I, as, as you heard there, Dave doing the the pre uh, the full time report. We were on air and we did our pre match. We talked all the way up to the starting whistle. The whistle goes. Dave and I give a big high five well done that was really good I put the headphones down the notepad comes out right here I am I get handed the laptop to do the Twitter and I just look up and Adam Rooney's in the box and go oh and then it goes in. And I don't know what to do. Like I'm jumping around like like oh we've scored a goal. So like you normally do when you're a football fan, you're jumping up and down. And Dave isn't even looking at the game. <laughs> Dave's and I'm sort of shaking him going. Shaking yet. him going, Dave, we've scored. Dave, we've scored. And oh, just <laughs> that was sort of set the tone for the day. And I just thought, this isn't what Aberdeen do at Hamden. Normally we go the other way. Normally the bottle crashes, but on that day, at 2 0 we just looked like a different team and I thought, Our name's on the cup this year. And Our then, name is on the cup. And then Hibbs come back into it and you're thinking, Oh maybe not. Maybe it's getting etched off very quickly by a man in the background. And then Johnny Hayes goes in and there's uh, Johnny Hayes goal goes in and there's just this feeling of disbelief. You're like, No, we're not meant to have yeah, happy days at Hamden. No, this I is mean, not the, this is not happening. And oh thank goodness it did. It was it was a massive deflection. It was a big deflection
2: on the shot from Johnny Hayes. It was I mean he, it was un Johnny Hayes like he slaffed it and it it took the deflection and trundled over the line past Marciano um, and that's not like you said that's not what happens to Aberdeen at Hampden that ends up an hour in it at Hamden. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
5: yeah. what, that's what happens it was uh, it was a ming and go but it was uh, I remember when it went in I had a, um, a moment back to it was the Scottish Cup semi-final when Brune was in charge and we lost it because of Griffiths uh, scoring, oh, I think the, in the final five minutes, but, and it was, was almost like justice for that in a way, because yeah. you just felt sort of, I felt the energy just, or the just sort of lift. It was like, you know, finally we're experiencing some good times again, and it was a great game, and it was one of my highlights of the year, definitely, because it was a great away day, and we took a good support down. I remember it was in a kick off an ungodly time. I think it was was it quarter past twelve. Yeah, or, it was. A, it was a horrible, horrible. kick off, and you know, once again, an, an amazing following down the road, and they were great. And, you know, Hibbs were in form. And I think if you'd look, if form dictated games, Hibbs should have won that game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you you mentioned the amazing away days. Um, and soon after, there was another one followed in May um, when we went down to Ibrox. Here comes Graham
3: Shinney, one of his old teammates from Inverness. Shinney driving forward and scoring! Brilliant goal from Graham Shinney. Eight and a half minutes gone. And did he not love that goal? Up, knocks it out wide to Niall McGinn. McGinn faced by Tavernier. Brings the ball towards the edge of the rear, crosses it into the middle, and it just goes behind everybody, Rooney's there to knock it in, and the header comes in from Ryan Christie, 2-0 to the Dons. Cheney beaten there by Windus, Windus moving forward at pace, good run this from Windus, slips it through, Waghorn, good opportunity, and Waghorn scores for Rangers.
0: And the Dons have done it at last. First victory since 1991, and of course, the gap
3: on Rangers now goes back up to nine points. Yeah, so that's second place absolutely signed, sealed. I
2: mean, it was a typical Aberdeen performance. A shiny goal, a McGinn cross to Rooney.
5: And a Jaden Stockley red card for an elbow. <laughs> well, that sums up the Dons 2017, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it was a massive statement of intent going to Ibrox and winning, particularly with, with Rangers being our nearest Riot Challengers for second place. And it was just, it was a great day, you know, a, a, a feeling of, you know, here we are again, you know, the, new, the good times are here. And it, I think it really just summed up the problems that are at Rangers, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that, that was also the night that second was all but secured. I think it was, was it nine with three to go? So that, that that certainly took the gap to yeah, nine points. That and made goal difference the only. It was goal difference, and the goal difference because of the yeah. the, the the seven
5: the yeah. seven goal wins. We also two amazing celebrations. Shinny's yeah. knee slide, Christie over to the fans. That photo I think, which still gets used in, I think it was in, it was actually in the Bonaccord Centre. I think I saw it because it <laughs> had all the faces cut out, and it was before the cup final. You would go and put and it, your face in, and you could be Graham Shinny, <laughs> you could be Graham Shinny, or you could be Ryan Christie or Adam Rooney. I think it was, but no, I mean. There's so much misery for Aberdeen at Ibrox over the over the last sort of couple of decades, so to go there and clinch second place and really rub it into them, really rub it in, was a great feeling.
2: Yeah, well, I think if if that one hadn't clinched second place when we went to Partick Thistle, it certainly did. <laughs>
3: Hi, Andrew Shiny. With my highlight of 2017, I've gone for another hat-trick. This time it was at Fir Hill when uh, Scott Wright scored his hat-trick in the final league game of the season. Now, I've watched Scott Wright for the last few years playing for the Development League and becoming the player who he is now. And this was Scott's chance to to really put his name up in lights. And didn't he take it so well? I mean, his, his first goal was excellent. Second goal was even better. The third one, yes, it took a slight deflection but I think um, Johnny Hayes told him it was going at the top corner anyhow so uh, there was never any question it was a known goal but for me the highlight was a picture that one of the snappers caught of the sheer joy on Graeme Shinney's face as he, as he burst off the, the substitute's bench to come and congratulate Scott Wright and in the background, the assistant referee is even smiling but uh, it was a special moment for a player who I think is going to have a special. Career at and the shot oh. from Scott Wright feeds it into the path of Scott Wright. Right! Oh. What a finish from Scotty Wright? To Scott Wright. What's inside? Tries the shot! Oh, it's has wow. gone in. Um, I was delighted that my first one went in, and obviously I'd have been happy just
0: for that. But then obviously the second one came in, and we're going for half time, and the boys say, "Oh, you know, make sure, you know, you get yourself on free kicks, you get yourself on pens." Shinny especially said to me, "Get that ball off Rooney uh, to take a pen." But with the third one, I'm definitely going to claim it. So. I mean, I'm happy with the heart trick, yeah.
6: Right there and of course Davies, uh, he's now becoming a quiz question in mm. that he's scored four times for Aberdeen for the first team all at Firhill still waiting for his first Petodrigo
4: Yeah the boy's got so much um, potential as Andrew said it's been great to see him um, coming through the ranks and he's only just getting started if he keeps going At this uh, rate If he keeps progressing Keeps working hard Which I'm sure he will do Who knows How far he can go I I think he can go to the top
2: Yeah This is Red Friday's 2017 recap With Phil MacDonald And myself Alan Davidson And Phil That was uh, One of the images That came out of that game Was the image of Graham Shinney and Scott Wright and you caught up with uh, Scott Wright about that one
5: I did and he had a lot to say about his skipper What was going through your head when the third went in Because the photo of you running to Shinny is quite iconic Yeah, um, well he pulled me at half time
0: And uh, I'm I'm fairly close with Graham Shinny Me and him are are really close in the changing room And he said to me at half time as I was walking off um, Just keep doing what you're doing, get on the ball And go and get your third um, and I was, like, I was kind of like, right, okay. And I was walking in and he was like, make sure if you score your third. Well, he actually said, when you score your third, come and celebrate with me. So uh, I was actually quite annoyed at myself that I didn't do it for the first two. So I, obviously the third was in, and I just turned and I run towards him. He said he burst through the bench and he, <laughs> he runs out to me. So it's like a boy
5: hugging his dad. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good interview, actually. I really enjoyed speaking to Scott. He's a really nice lad, actually, um, and really talkative for someone so young. Usually when you hear younger football players, I think, unfortunately, Scotty McKenna scuff- suffers from this a little bit. They kind of get a wee bit shy. Yeah. So it was really good to catch up with Scotty. I, th- I think I must echo the statements of uh, of Andrew there. I think he has got a big future at pathology. I I did say at the start of the broadcast, I think he does need a loan spell. He needs to play regularly. I think with Niall McGinn coming back, he might be starved of game time, which he shouldn't be because he has so much potential. So get him the game time let's get him in for next season
2: yeah absolutely I think I I totally agree I think we spoke we touched on Peter Pollitt earlier as well and I think it's exactly the same as Peter he was so Peter was so close to breaking into the first team and then we kind of took the decision because he'd played for us and scored for us and then we sent him out on loan and he just came back so much much improved Um, and I think it is it's just a case of it's not there's a big difference between under 20 football and Premier League football. So he needs to go out on loan, but he needs to go out on loan to a Premier League club and be playing against Premier League quality defenders and Premier League size defenders I think is the big thing. Yeah, because you can cut it at this level. He I can, think there's absolutely. no doubt about that. I think he just needs the game time and whether with the current squad, with Christie but Christie might not be here next season. No. Stuart might not be here next season. No. I think there's, there's possibly space for him next year. We've probably got it
5: covered this year. So let's go and... Let's uh, go and get, get him out there, get him the game time, and he'll come back to us a better player. Now is the perfect time. Bringing our back, I think now is the perfect time. And I really want him to do well, because it makes such a difference when you have boys from Aberdeen in the side. You know, I think English football's guilty of this, where it's it's now just players from every single part of the world. And that, that's brilliant, you know, celebrate diversity. But, you know, there's times where, you know, you've got to have some celebrating local pride in there. And I think Scotty Wright is a great example of that. Yeah, I think, I think there's a real thing. Um, some players, I think
2: players who obviously haven't been brought up Aberdeen fans but have it, are the guys like Shay Logan, who who will, will who will die for the shirt. Oh yeah, and I mean will <laughs> die a, in the shirt at this rate. It's, it's, a, it's a criticism um, that's thrown at players sometimes, but I think players like Scott who've grown up in and around and know what the club means to people, yeah. um, whereas there are
5: cases, and I don't think we've got many at Aberdeen, I really don't think there are many at Aberdeen, or have been in the past, that have... And no, this was been. always a problem, I thought, which was that too many players just came to earn a living rather than yeah, to I play mean, football. Th- and we, ha- we actually have a team on the part now which I think care about the club, care about the shirt, and care about the fans. And I think a lot of that comes from the manager. He's, really, he's dictated a culture of, remember who we represent every single time we step out on the pitch. And I think it's brilliant to see. He's like, I mean, I think there was a clip um, when Jeff and Lauren's
2: kid in the kit room was interviewing him um, yeah. I think is online on some of the North Sound pages if you want to go and check it's it out it's everywhere you can go check it out on Twitter go check yeah. it on
5: the website because it's um, fantastic
2: but I think but he, he asked a question about who's the laziest player and Derek came out and said he goes Derek goes I don't have lazy players and no. I, I think that's true and Derek, I, think he, I think the quote from Derek was something along the lines of um, if I sign a player and then they disappear again very quickly that's the lazy ones because they don't stay and that, you're right that has come from the manager and he, he gets them out
5: yeah. yeah he's got rid of a few I wonder but, what he could be talking about there
2: but anyway, back to that Park Thistle game And a hat trick for uh, Scott Wright Which gave the manager a bit of a problem for this next one um, As we head into May and the Scottish Cup final
6: David McDermott here uh, Well, I've, again, there was so much to choose I mean, Andrew and you two have actually pinched probably the, the best wins um, Other things that I could have gone for Ryan Christie's goal against Motherwell
3: and Graham Shinney saying, "I don't think he meant
6: that." No, we we put him in his place. (laughs) (laughs) I told he did. Um, Some of the European nights have been have been great, but I'm going to go for not just the actual cup final itself, and I know we lost it in the heartbreaking fashion, but uh, the whole cup final experience, and that includes the day before when we were down at Hamden for the press conference, uh, chatting to the fans who were well underway putting up a magnificent display. which really um, was absolutely, fin- you know, it was such a good testament to the guys involved. Um, but uh, the whole atmosphere leading up, the game was so worthy of a cup final. And uh, for for just uh, a period of that game, we thought it was all going to be possible. In the end, it turned out to be pretty heartbreaking.
2: There are a lot of Aberdeen fans here, but I think I've been joined by one of the youngest. How old are you? Nine. And you're a massive Aberdeen fan.
0: Yeah.
2: Who's your favourite player? Shinny. Uh, Shinny. So you're happy that he's a captain today? Yeah. And you think we're going to win? Yeah. Where you've been hearing from the guys on the way down to Hampden...
0: Uh, Morning. We've been on the road. Remember, this afternoon. This is the first time that Aberdeen have made it to the Scottish Cup final in 17 years. So uh, exactly.
5: we've made it to Hampden. It's brilliant. All the way down. All you see is cars with like flags hanging out of the windows, red and white, all the way. We've made it to Hampden. It's. I'd be lying if I said it's a lovely
3: day. It is so humid. No sunshine. Just roasting hot. The right foot swings it over towards the far post. There's here's a goal. Johnny, here's a score from the Dons. And Sinney got to the ball, but it breaks to Stuart Armstrong. Armstrong drives in an equaliser. Rogic goes round the outside, over corner,
0: wants to get that ball his left foot. Still Rogic puts the ball
1: into the net. Do so you begin? Uh...
3: The only thing that was missing, as you say, Dave, was the result because it was a fantastic three days for us because we went down on the Thursday because there was so much build-up uh, ahead of the Cup Final and just to immerse yourself in that whole atmosphere.
4: Absolutely. It was um,
3: the most difficult part
4: of that day, I think, was trying to keep my emotions in check and doing a full-time report with, with Phil McDonald for, for North someone. You know, the, the tears weren't far away.
2: Yeah, Phil, like Dave says there, it was a it was a brilliant day right up until that Rogic goal. I mean, I travelled down on one of the supporters' buses doing pieces with Chris on it. You heard one of them there. Um, and I think you hear my voice is gone even before the game. And that was just trying to do interviews over the noise of the Dons fans um, on the way down. And then we were in one of the uh, the bars that had been pre-booked and was just packed. And because it was such a lovely day, I mean, everyone was outside but I was still having to shout
5: to do interviews over the top of the noise of these fans. And it was like that all day. Yeah. There's it, no getting away from the heartbreak. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I think if I'm to look back on that day, I'll remember the journey down, seeing so many fans, you know, at the side of the roads, you know, going. <laughs> and uh, also I think my main one was me and Dave when we did North someone's Facebook live. We did it right about maybe 15 minutes before kickoff or maybe 20 minutes, and we struck up, we thought, right, it's not. It's noisy but not too noisy, and then the minute we pressed go live, just, it got it just mobbed like, people just swarming out of the pubs singing, and just a, a red and white background a backdrop, it was just wonderful to see and, you know, could barely hear ourselves over the noise of the fans, everyone was so excited, you know, seeing families down and seeing the place busy, and then doing all of the build-up, and like you say, we all did a good job that day and I mean you can look back at it with with sadness and you can look back in anger but at the end of the day it was our first Scottish Cup final in over 20 years and, first, and what yeah, a day for it was brain,
2: it's one of those it's first Scottish Cup final in a generation really because um, mm-hmm. certainly for I think you and me are of a slightly different generation to some of our Red Friday <laughs> Um that's putting who, it lightly um, yeah who uh, I mean they were around when we were good for fans of you and me in a similar age to us um we've always been rubbish
5: yeah <laughs> just, it's, it's usually is, you get is... so close but you don't quite make it and, and we didn't quite make it this time and if we look at the game itself you know what a great start yeah. you know Johnny Hayes smashing that goal and you just think it's going to be it, it, this it, is it, us point, here we go it's going to be it, our day
2: at that point I was so nervous going down and I just wasn't I wasn't totally confident going into the game but just when Johnny when Johnny scored I was just oh, this This might be our day this it, it might be written the fact that we'd let's say in the semi-final we'd almost thrown it away but with the big deflection that to get in, and I'm, I'm I'm very confident actually. If that Hibs game had gone to extra time, we'd have got beat. Yeah. Um. But it, it just it was like
5: you say it was just it
2: was almost like it was written. Oh, I made a noise um,
5: that I don't want to repeat when Johnny <laughs> scored. It was it was a slight wail. It was incredible. And I think even when Armstrong scored that equaliser, I I still didn't lose positivity. But as as the game wore on and we got into the 80th minute, I really started to feel the nerves. I think that's the worst feeling I've ever felt, bar when the winner went in. But I, my I said I wasn't going to do regret in this, but what would have happened if if Johnny and Kenny yeah, had converted that were, chance? Because that was the golden opportunity. That's the what if moment, and I I wish there wasn't a what if moment, but that's it, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, but there were there were a couple of chances, and there was one after the goal after the Celtic winner. and put it turned out to be the winner. There was a, there was a chance as well that um, I think it was Adam had. Yeah, just, really. it was just it was it was such a fantastic day, but I think it was summed up by the the, the bolt of lightning is that struck as Rogic hit the shot that went in yeah. um, it was just a pretty day and I mean I've, I think there's been criticism from within our own support of our support on big days at Hamden when even the Hibs game they went a bit quiet I mean for 90 minutes they sung and more than 90 minutes because it was the um, mm-hmm. I think you see in some of the pre-match coverage from the, the TV cameras the display went up about twenty minutes before kickoff. It was fantastic. It, but it was it was there from from about. It's supposed to go up as the teams come out. Yeah. But it was there from about twenty minutes before kickoff and stayed there.
5: Yeah, I we outplayed Celtic fans that day. I think we out, yeah. we outplayed Celtic from a good fraction of the game. But our fans, we trumped Celtic. Which Celtic have, have a good support. Being neutral, they have a very very good support. You know, noisy. You know, do a lot for the team. When but on we that day, do we, we trumped them.
2: When did we ever do neutral?
5: Like? <laughs> All right, gloriously biased then. <laughs> but on that day... Who invited I, you? <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, the display went up. I think... I don't even know why it went up. I think somebody just decided to raise the card and then the people uh, beside them did it and then it did 20, 20, it. And then people it, it, followed. It was like the League Cup when you just... You looked at the, the display in the League Cup final at Celtaport and you went... Wow! Yeah, just wow! Like it wasn't just like we'd pulled, held up red and white cards. This was like a full stand free written, and I mean that's going to be iPhone backgrounds and you know wallpapers on screensavers for years to come. It was just yeah. phenomenal, and that that made it all worthwhile. Seeing how much it meant to the fans. Yeah, no, and I mean the
2: the the other sad thing on that was that you, you saw how much it meant to the players on that day. I mean they were they were in tears. The the players. I think we were we were struggling to fight back the tears at full time. The players couldn't. Yeah, um, there were there were players in tears in the park. And I think there was part of that. I mean, I mean, there were players that those were the last games for some of them. Some of, that was the last time we saw some of them in an Aberdeen shirt. Well, we thought that was going to be the last time we saw Neil again. Yeah. Um, turns out he's back. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Jack, Johnny Hayes, Peter Pollard, Ash Taylor, all gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we didn't we didn't know Hayes was going at that point. No, that um, was a tough one. <laughs> but it was Very it tough. was a, it was it was a. It was a Tough day to take, but I think there was a lot of positives from that season. I think overall, over the course of all three competitions, the best
5: I've seen us do in my lifetime, and in, in kind of in my mm-hmm. era of following. It is one it's, you tell the grandkids about, unfortunately, yeah. because we lost in the final. But I think it's it's a great lesson in how to take defeat, because you know I, what really really made me proud to be a Don's fan was that the ex- nobody flo- flooded for the exits.
2: No, the, the, player, the players were the players applauded off the park. The players applauded um, off the park
5: and every single Aberdeen fan, I think, was on their feet because it was a day to be proud because the team gave everything and they ran and they ran after a team with a much bigger budget and a bigger squad than us of real quality and we chased the game and we pressed them and they couldn't cope. No, absolutely not. Um well, I think that
2: takes us to the end of the compete, the competitive football from the 2016-17 season and into the start of June. And that was when things, you speak about what-if moments, things could have been
5: very different uh, after Derek was given permission to speak to Sunderland. Mm-hmm. This was a big one. I, You know, when an English club calling, particularly one with the, the size and the might of Sunderland, you just go ah, we're going to be looking for a new manager. And you start drawing up the short list of names of who you want to replace him. And you start looking back at the legacy and you start getting the packages ready. You know, if you do this job, you start getting the archived audio ready. Okay, here we go, preparing for Derek to leave. But it wasn't that way.
2: Yeah, no, I think he would have, he probably would have gone with the best wishes of most Don's fans, actually, to Sunderland. I think yeah. there was, there was once, once the permission had been given, it dragged on a wee bit, but once the permission had been given, I think there was an acceptance amongst the support, and acceptance amongst us as well. Just we were, we were ready for him to go, and we were kind of accepting that he'd done really well for us.
5: Yeah, um, you go through the stages of of grief, really. <laughs> In a way, I mean, I'm a huge Derek fan, yeah, but absolutely. you know, you you do acceptance, you do the posters are about my disappointment. Stuff. Well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you've just seen the, the nice ones. <laughs> so no, I think you're right. I mean, when when a club like Sunderland come calling with the money that they can offer Derek, you just think. You know, no matter how much a man loves a club, if you've got the chance to treble your pay packet, it's it's exactly. something you take. And particularly when you've got a, a family and you've got the chance, even if you even if you get sacked from that job, That's like, you get was, paid off. They, they eventually got Grayson, but Grayson's probably he's gone already.
2: Yeah, but he, he, he's probably gone with and he's become a millionaire. But no doubt, he's gone with millions in his pocket. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's it's another one of those what ifs. Are if we'd won the Scottish Cup final, Derek would possibly have seen it. as...
5: I think has he
2: has he taken it as far as go out on a high, maybe. T- taking us just about as far as he can. Because realistically, we're we're not going to go and win the league in the next couple of years with the, or we shouldn't because the golf and finances between us and Celtic um, yeah. is is astronomical. It's um, and it's only going to get bigger because they they've still got the Champions League money coming in. They've got players that they're going to sell for tens of millions of pounds, big bucks. Um, and I mean, we can't get close to that. No. And they're they're replacing these ten, fifteen million pound players with five, six million pound players that we still can't afford. No. Um, and that's just that that's just the way of Scottish football. And we've got to try and get as close to them and push them as hard as we can with the finances available.
5: But, but we but, learned what Derek McInnes was about when he turned in Sunderland, which is success and legacy. Exactly. And he still feels there's something he can do at Aberdeen, and he's. Choosing to stay at a club. I guess he doesn't, he never grew up supporting the, the club, as he's said when he was making the case for the new stadium. You know, he has no ties to Aberdeen family wise, no memories as a child. He's doing this purely because he feels that there is a job to be done and there is success to be brought and there's good, there are still good times ahead. So, I think if if anyone's on the fence about getting behind the Dons next season, or this season, I should say next this year, yeah, exactly. This that's the cause to do it because, and also, I think we'll touch on in the in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. There was a very much another cause of this exactly. is why Derek McInnes wants to be at Aberdeen. So you know, let's let's fill the stadium as many times as we can. Let's get as many good away days as we can, and let's enjoy twenty eighteen.
2: Exactly. I think, um, like I said, we will touch on Derek a bit more in next week's because we are only at June in our 2017 review and we've been going for 45 minutes <laughs> um, but just before we finish up today you had something that you wanted to throw out on Twitter and I think it's
5: brilliant um, so I'll let you hit this one well, fortunately in this job, I've managed to get on more away days than I maybe would have done as a supporter, because you know, I was normally taken up at weekends, I was doing something or other, going home to see the family, or, or even just you know, taking some time off. But I've managed to get on the road a few times, and my favourite away day will actually come up in next week's podcast, but I thought it might be a good idea to maybe get some of the ideas of what we've heard from the Terraces because it's reminded me of this good spirit and the humour that Aberdeen fans possess. And, you know, we've had moments this season where it's just been it's just been a great moment to be an Aberdeen fan and listening to the songs that come out of the Terraces are particularly good to hear and they make me laugh as well. There, there, there have been some crackers this year. Um, and I think
2: we'll, we'll give... Give you some of our ideas, and we'd love people to get in touch with us on Twitter at Northline One. We'll maybe stick a wee poll up at some point during the week as well. I think, we and, should, we'll, yeah, and we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a sort of. Don's songs, top of the pops, yeah. um, on next week's podcast. Right, so have a quick
5: thing then. Which which right. was your your favourite? Because you go, you were actually in the away end for many of these yeah. big trips, or even in the home end as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm unfortunately sort of tied to the tied to the headphones and yeah. th- in these games. So, I mean, can you think of anything?
2: No, I think um, one of them that has to be up there, and I think it's not just the song. I think there have been some really funny songs. Um, I think probably some of the Gary McHale-Steven stuff at Murrayfield was. Gary McKay-Sweeman Gary mckay, was, swimming. Gary McKay swimming. Um I think there was, there was there was some good stuff there but I think they, the outstanding song for me from 2017 was actually after Graham Shinig scored against the at home mm. um, I was I was working that night and I was in the TV gantry above the south stand I was up so I was up there above the fans in the south stand mm-hmm. um, and obviously, the South Stand that night was packed, but there was no way there was no way end in the South Stand. It was packed with Aberdeen fans, and it was just the it was one of those the, the hairs on my arms stood up just the the noise and the it's it's nights like that we need more of it. but that that was the one for me that stood out. Yeah, that year. was
5: loud because I was in the I was in the media section, Didn't and it's it you felt the stadium like. You had to cover your ears almost because that's how loud the Graham Shinney song was. Yeah, I mean
2: when that when that goal went in and you're up in that box above the above the south stand, mm-hmm. and when that goal went in, you could feel it moving.
5: Oh yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was it was great, but it was slightly worrying at the same time. It was. You felt that the place was maybe on its last legs. The roof was going to come yeah. down. But that's what you want. Exactly. That's that's exactly what you want from
2: home games. I, I, I think you say I like a lot of them. A lot of them have come from away games. But I mean, what would yours? What would yours be for your...
5: Oh, I don't know. It's um, it's a tough one. I like the Anthony O'Connor one to earth yeah. wind and fire Earthling because and fire. it's September. it's kind of a uh, slightly original and and I think Anthony Connor is a bit of an unsung hero but I think I'm going to go for the and, and this is because I was in Murrayfield, and I was lucky enough to go to Murrayfield, and it was just after uh, GMS had decided to dive into the Kelvin. So the genius in our support decided the spirit in the sky. When I die and they lay me to rest, I'm going to go on the sesh with GMS. Well edited, thank you. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to sing the real version.
2: No, there were some. There, there were there were some others. Um, some of the others I've quickly written down here. Um, you had sweet. Considine down yes, it, so that was from Dance Park. That was from, it was being sung when Andy was scoring. I forget the, about three then? different songs that night. Um, yeah, uh, I think what else was it that night? There was a uh, uh, Kung's cooking on three burners. Yes
5: that was. it's easy ones just like that. And, uh, just when everyone's kind of in, in party mode, it's brilliant. Yeah. And obviously, we'll, uh, we'll we'll touch on this one a wee bit more next week. But um, the, the the festive one, yes. I wish it could, could be, be Christmas, Christmas every day, and we'll finish that song on next week's podcast.
2: <laughs> yes, um, but uh, so if, like I say, if anyone has any suggestions that they think we've missed, and we probably have, oh yeah, definitely, um, definitely
5: missed a few. There I mean, you know, you know what, away days are like.
2: And we've got Sound one on Twitter, and we'll maybe stick kind of Wednesday next week before we record next week's podcast. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll do a rundown of the top three or four. Oh yeah, um, any suggestions that you think should be on that poll? Give us a shout over the next few days, and we'll get them up. Um, I think that's it for this one. From ne- on next week's show, we'll pick up from July and the year that has been this first half of this season. Um, and there's some some brilliant stories in that one. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Maybe one or two we didn't want to talk about, but uh, <clears throat> no, but we will we we'll, we will we will co- we'll cover all that next week. Once again, thanks all for joining me on this one. This yes, has thank be- you. This has been part one of the uh, Red Friday Recap 2017. <laughs>
0: Zone 1's Red Friday.